So I showed it to the doctor, and well, she said it's smashing. In this episode of the Smashing Podcast, we're talking about TypeScript. What is it, and how can it help us write better JavaScript? We talk to expert Stefan Baumgartner to find out. But first, did you know that Smashing Magazine publishes a brand new article to the website five days a week? That's a lot to keep up with, but we're here to help. It's your weekly update. In Form Validation with Formic and Yup, Neef Amadamaro Atori writes about form validation. Forms are an integral part of how users interact with our sites and apps. Validating the data is a critical aspect of our jobs as web developers. However, it doesn't have to be painful. In this article, learn how Formic handles the state of form data, validates the data, and handles form submission in React-based projects. Hooray! Kelly Schumer's article, Design Shopping, Get a Faster Client Buy-in Through a Guided Design Showcase, asks the question, how can you convince your clients to make a faster and easier buy-in? With the help of a guided design exercise, Kelly explains how the design shopping workflow can help guide you throughout the design phases. In Build and Deploy an Angular Form with Netlify Forms and Edge, Zara Cooper looks at the Netlify Forms form handling feature that receives submissions from HTML forms automatically. Zara covers how to use it with Angular Reactive Forms and how to deploy the finished app on Netlify's hosting platform, Netlify Edge. Chidiorgi takes a look at managing long-running tasks in a React app with web workers. In this tutorial, we see how to use the Web Worker API to manage time-consuming and UI-blocking tasks in a JavaScript app by building a sample web app that leverages web workers before transferring everything over to a React application. And in supercharged testing React applications with Wallaby.js, Kelvin Omere Shone asks if you've ever had to switch focus from your editor to a terminal to see the results of your tests. This article will introduce you to Wallaby.js, a JavaScript productivity tool that supercharges your IDE by allowing you to get real-time feedback on your JavaScript tests in your code editor before even saving the file. You'll also learn how to use Wallaby.js for testing React applications. And that is your weekly update. Find all these and more at smashingmagazine.com slash articles. He's a web developer and web lover based in Linz, Austria. Currently working at web performance company Dynatrace, he writes, speaks, and organizes events all about software development and web technologies. Lately, he's the author of the book TypeScript in 50 Lessons, published this autumn by Smashing. So we know he's an expert in TypeScript, but did you know he can juggle up to eight fiery weasels whilst blindfolded on a unicycle? My smashing friends, please welcome Stefan Baumgartner. Hi, Stefan. How are you? Hi, I'm smashing. And I didn't know that about me. So that's very interesting. <laughs> it's amazing what people find out about themselves on this podcast. Absolutely. So uh, I wanted to talk to you today about TypeScript. Yes. And it's the subject of your new book. So clearly it's something you've spent a lot of time getting to really know in depth. Yes, absolutely. For those who have not used TypeScript before, so might not be familiar with what it is, mm-hmm. how would you describe TypeScript and what problem is it actually solving for us? That's a very good question. So there are many ways of approaching TypeScript. And one way that I like most, and uh, also the way that I like uh, to describe in my book, um, is as a tooling layer on top of JavaScript. So uh, JavaScript is um, a a wonderful language, uh, but it has its quirks. You know, there's um, some parts that can have multiple meanings, Uh, You have dynamic typing, which means that values can have different types like number or string or an object based on the position where they are in your code. And there's lots of of implicit knowledge when you work, especially with web technologies or with Node.js, that you have to know about some interfaces that you use from APIs, uh, uh, function signatures, etc. And TypeScript tries to, to give you a type system around all that to give you this information. So it tries to figure out which types you set when assigning a variable. It tells you which function signatures expect which 
values at which position and which return objects that you get that you can then access and and modify and and work with um, and this was back in the day when when typescript was created that's now about eight years ago the prime goal of the typescript team to to create this tooling layer in form of an additional language so uh, they take all the risks from javascript and then on top they create their own kind of meta language that allows you to define types for you know your functions your objects whatever there is and this also means that every javascript code is typescript code which also means that you can get started right away if you know javascript you're basically a typescript developer as well and you just take what you need uh, to get more and more information about your code. So TypeScript is almost like imposing uh, a sort of bunch of more strict rules about how we write JavaScript in order to make code more reliable. Is that? Uh, yes, yes. This is um, this is exactly what it is. So um, the strictness uh, is totally up to you. So you can you can tell TypeScript how strict you want to have it, but their goal is to to catch as much errors or as much possible errors that there can be. Like, oh, well, this value could be null. So better do a check if this value exists or it can be undefined. Um, or um, at this position, I don't exactly know if it's a string or a number. So check if it's type of string, check if it's type of number. So TypeScript knows more or can give you more information about the, the class of values that you're dealing with. Um, and right now... Um, the main goals of TypeScript are to catch as many errors as they are. So they spend a lot of time in uh, uh, providing more tools for you to declare your types and to declare these strict rules um, for you to figure out if there's any any error in your code uh, that you might have a problem with in the long run. So, I mean, really to get back to, to basics, when we talk about types in a, in a programming language, which obviously TypeScript is all about types. You know, we have we have strictly typed languages and, and weakly typed languages, and JavaScript is weakly typed, isn't it? What do we actually mean when we say something is weakly typed? There's, there's weakly typed, and another word for that is also dynamically typed, uh, which means that you don't always have to know which type your uh, uh, variables or your constants have. So um, the moment you assign a variable, let's say var foo or let foo with a number, one, two, three or something, um, the JavaScript engine knows, okay, foo is now of type number. It's a number and I can do number operations on top of it, like addition, multiplication, subtraction, you know, all, all, all those kind of things. If you assign it a string, then it's a string. Um, and in JavaScript, you have the possibility to override it with the value of an entirely different class or entirely different types. So you can say at one point in time, it's one, two, three, four. At another point in time, it's a string like hello world, Stefan, or um, fuzzy cat or something like that. Um, and this can cause for a couple of errors because what if you expect your variable foo at some point in time to be a string and then you do a string operation on top of it, like uh, to uppercase, to lowercase, um, um, or if you expect a number and you want to add it to something, then you get a result which you don't expect. And with TypeScript, you can explicitly set the types or you can tell TypeScript to, to infer a type from an assignment. So the moment you assign one to three, TypeScript knows, hey, this is number. And throughout your whole code, throughout every usage of foo, it will think it's a number and it will um, tell you if you do something that is not allowed with numbers. So yeah, and, and this is the difference between a, a statically or strongly typed language where you say, okay, once it has the type, it has to be of the type and the type can't change afterwards. Um, and the weakly or dynamically typed language where um, the type just depends on where you are in your code and it can change, uh, especially at runtime, so during the execution of your code, uh, which can cause a ton of problems uh, if you don't pay attention. So yes, there's that whole class of error, isn't there, where you as a developer think that a variable contains a certain type of value and actually when it comes to to that point in the code and that's executed for whatever reason it's something different um and and typescript is adding that enforcement of of types on top of javascript to sort of give us that extra level of of checks and and reliability to, to get rid of that type of bug exactly the the best example is for for example um add the string two with the number two and you get 
22 as a string, add the number two, vice versa, and you get the number four. So it's it's apparently the same operation, but just if you swap the number in the string, you get t two totally different results. And TypeScript pays attention that you don't have errors like that. And uh, the, the one biggest rule that it sets like, so once you do an assignment, it has to be of that type and the type can't change. So TypeScript doesn't actually get run by the browser, does it? Or by Node or, or whatever runtime you're using, it presumably gets compiled down somehow to JavaScript? Yes. So you, um, there are two ways of, of, of working with TypeScript. One way is just exactly what you said. You write TypeScript code, uh, especially with this typing meta language uh, that you use. And then you have a compile step where TypeScript erases all the types uh, and spits out regular JavaScript code. And TypeScript is also a transpiler. So you can, can say if you write modern, modern day JavaScript, you can compile it down to something that um, IE11, uh, if you have to support it, uh, can can work with. Uh, that's one way. The other way is, and this is an interesting way, which which I, I, I like a lot and which people are using, actually. You write regular JavaScript, and then you add type declarations in a separate file and refer to it by adding JSDoc comments in your code. Um, and TypeScript can read this, this comment information, uh, this documentation information, um, maps it to the types you created in a separate file and can give you this, the same tooling and the same information that you would get if you write in this transpiled, compiled way. Okay, so then that way you just keep your, your standard JavaScript, um, but the, the tooling that you're using around it knows to reference the sort of sidecar file that has all the definitions of what the, the types are. Exactly. Type checking is one thing, but... Surely that's the sort of thing we can. We don't need a new language to do. That sort of analysis we could just have running in a code editor uh, in you know VS Code or whatever, for example. Does TypeScript add things that take us beyond just just what you could do in a code editor? The biggest advantage that you get is actually uh, uh, from code editors. One funny thing is that if you if you work with Visual Studio Code and you uh, write regular JavaScript. What you're really doing is writing TypeScript because Visual Studio Code has a built-in TypeScript uh, uh, checker, an analyzer that gives you that tries to figure out as much information as possible and gives you this information back to the editor. And there's a close relation to the editor and to TypeScript. Um, in particular, if, especially since you mentioned VS Code, um, VS Code was the very first project to 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 work with TypeScript um, uh, back in the day where it was called Strata or Project Strata. Uh, where all the developers figured out how to 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 actually create um, a language like that, so um, editors and language are very very much connected, and you get the best benefit if you're working with with a modern day editor. Uh, uh, and thanks to the TypeScript team, this doesn't have to be VS Code; it can be basically any editor. Uh, so they they provide plugins for almost any editor out there that uh, supports a so-called language protocol. Um, they also get, you know, for, for all the other programming language feedback and editor feedback and um, uh, uh, analyzing information. Um, so, so yeah, this is this is actually the main use case for that. Uh, and of course, if you um, have uh, um, have bigger projects and you you use the compile step um, uh, version of TypeScript. Um, having some sort of continuous integration, continuous delivery, where you constantly check if your project makes sense. Uh, you're creating um, um, bundles that you that you ship in the end. Um, this is also a, a part where TypeScript plays a, a huge role because with every commit to a, to a GitHub repo or something, you can do type checks and see if there might be an error slipped in that um, that should be taken care of. So I guess there's there's a level that that your code editor can do automatically like you say, that Visual Studio Code does by just analyzing it as you're writing JavaScript. But then when you're using these, when you're declaring types specifically or adding these JS doc comments, that is, that is what takes it a step beyond that. That's where you're actually, it's defined as, as more of a language on top of JavaScript. Yeah. The cool thing is uh, TypeScript is in a way designed that it tries to get as much information out of your JavaScript as possible without you doing anything. So if, if it sees a number in the wild, it knows that this type is going to be number. Or if you have a function signature and you say you have a default value, like um, add, add a value-added tax to a price, and you say the standard value-added tax is 0 0.2. So if you add this in the function signature, uh, TypeScript already knows 
at this point, I expect you to pass a number and not something else. Um, and also, if you return an object or if you write a, a JavaScript class, TypeScript can figure out what the values are, what um, what the types of your fields should be. Um, and uh, this works for, for actually quite a lot of, of use cases. So you have lots of scenarios where this is totally sufficient and you don't need anything else. But when you do, this is now your part to strengthen TypeScript with additional type information that you provide. So let's say you want to, to create a type article which should have a number, a description, um, a price. You have different types for that. And then you create a compound or object type. Um, and once you declare this type and you know uh, um, that, that your object should be of this type, uh, TypeScript knows which values and which fields to expect. Um, and... One thing that's particularly interesting uh, uh, here is that TypeScript is one of the, the few and certainly the most popular type system that works with structural typing, which means that as long as the shape um, properties and, and, and uh, um, types of those properties is the same as the object that you pass along or the object that you get from somebody else, it will say it's okay. You don't have to, to have... Um, um, the exact name it just needs to have the exact structure. So if you have a, a type called book, which happens to have name, description, and price, and you have a type called video, which happens to have name, description, and price, those types are compatible with each other. Okay, so that means we can we can sort of define custom types that make sense in terms of the project and, and the objects that our project is trying to model and then use TypeScript to enforce the shape of those. Yep. So if we've got a... A product that has a price property that's an integer in cents or what have you, then TypeScript will will enforce that for us. And if we pass in something that's not a product or doesn't have a price or whatever, that's when we start getting our our errors. Can you then go a, a sort of step beyond that? If you had like a, a cart type that had an array of products inside it, can can you enforce all all the way that level? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can enforce that as well. Um, there you enter also um, uh, a class of types, which is um, which is already goes into very advanced topics, uh, which is generic type. So the array type uh, um, is a generic type. Uh, it tells you an array has certain entries, so you can index them. It has um, a certain properties like length or map or for each, but the values inside this array are defined by a so-called generic. Uh, so you can say you have an array of number, you have an array of string, you have an array of articles. Um, and then if you if you do array.map, uh, then you get inside this map function, you get the, the type, again, like uh, a string number article, whatever you pass along. Um, and with generics, you can do a lot of things. So um, this is where the type system uh, um, really tries to make sense out of all the possible cases people encounter in JavaScript frameworks. So you, you have, especially in JavaScript, you have so many functions that can mean so much, like, okay, the first argument is now a string, the second argument has to be an object, or if the first argument is a number, the second argument has to be a string. You know, you've, you've seen that in the wild, uh, uh, in, in countless countless libraries that you uh, that you use. Um, and for, for this kind of scenario, TypeScript also has uh, um, structures and generic types and conditional types where you can have uh, um, checks if this is one class of types to this, if this is another class of types to that, which really tries to figure out most of the scenarios that you find uh, uh, in day-to-day -day JavaScript code. So, and this is actually where, where the fun starts. Um, um, the, the, the thing like, uh, um, you know, creating object types, creating uh, uh, regular types like number string, etc., or creating function types, that's one thing. But if you, if you try to model a very complex behavior just within the type system, um, this can get very, uh, um, you know, uh, um, how do I say it? Mind-boggling. Yeah, I guess mind-boggling is the right word. This can be very mind-boggling, but also a lot of fun. Um, and this is where I kind of, you know, got my, uh, um, found, found my uh, call to, to work more with TypeScript because I, I just found out that I could do so many that I see in in not only my code, but also in the code from my colleagues and co code that I find online uh, to make more sense out of it and to be 
uh, uh, prepared for future scenarios. So I, I mostly write types um, and TypeScript because I know that at some point in time I have to revisit code and I want to know what I what I, I I've been thinking back when I when I originally wrote it. Where is it in your project that you would define these types? Because presumably you want them to be reusable all around your your project. Mm -hmm. um, where where do you define them? So I usually define them very close to um, to the code that I actually write. So um, when I write TypeScript, I write in TypeScript files. So I transpile. Um, I usually have a compile step anyway. Of maybe because I'm doing React and I need to transpile JSX, um, or um, because the project is so big that I want to. Uh, um, you know, do extra checks. So, so there's, there's a build chain anyway. Uh, either I need to bundle or I need to transpile. So I'm writing regular TypeScript, not JavaScript with this JS doc extensions. Um, and there I try to keep the types very close to, to the objects that I declare. Um, if there's, um, if there's a type, you know, that is used throughout the whole project, um, I'm not only extracting the type, but also the, the objects or the functions to that object. So this is, this is some way of, of, um, splitting and um, moving files and types around. Um, there's um, a very rare case where I also have one of those global type definition files next to me, which is if my app has to deal with something that's, you know, in the environment where I run it, be it either Node or the browser or wherever, um, where uh, some global ideas are or global concepts are that I want to carry in in my programming code. And this is actually a pretty standard setup. So you have your TypeScript files on one side, you have a couple of type definition files on the other side, um, and then TypeScript tries to figure out everything, if it makes sense and if it's possible what you do, and hopefully that's the case. Yes, I think we're, we're all very um, sort of used, used to having a, a build step, a compilation step, um, in our in our workflows these days, aren't we? With whether it's running Babel or yeah. de dealing with JSX and React or Webpack and what have you. So absolutely, I guess ty adding TypeScript into there is just uh, another another small step in in the process and quite easy to do. Yeah. So it's it's on one side, um, TypeScript is a great extension, especially if you have a Babel setup running. So so they provide an interface so you can do TypeScript type checks, even though your whole application is transpiled with Babel. TypeScript also has a lot of tools, so it can be the only transpiler that you need. So it can transpile JSX, um, it can uh, uh, transpile down to, to ECMAScript 5, ECMAScript 3. Uh, the only thing that it doesn't do anymore is bundling. So if you want to have a bundled up application, uh, you need to, to take another tool like Rollup or Webpack or whatnot. One of the features that I liked in newer versions of PHP back when I was writing a lot of PHP they brought in the ability to declare the types of each argument that a function was expecting. Mm -hmm. um, TypeScript does does the same thing, right? You can say uh, the, the, the first argument should be a number, the second argument should be a string, yes, and then the toolset's going to catch that if you if you try and pass the wrong thing in. Exactly. In, in a lot of sort of real world cases, I find that I have um, functional arguments or variables that would be of a given type. Uh, but they might also be null. Is that something that TypeScript allows for? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is where you enter the wonderful world of union types, and this is this is the big chapter in my book in the middle where we go from from beginner concepts to advanced concepts, where we realize that you know you don't not only have different classes of types like number, string, or se uh, several object types, but you can combine them. So you can say this argument can be of type string of type number or of type null or of type undefined or of a, some, some object type. Um, um, and with that, your, your arguments, especially function arguments, become much, much more varied. Um, so if um, you, can, you can, for one thing, say, if this function argument does not have null in its union type, um, then you're not allowed to pass null. And you can make sure that inside this function, this value is never null. If it can happen that it's null, you add pipe, the pipe operator, null to it. And suddenly you have to check if it's null or if it isn't, uh, which makes it very, very interesting. So, so especially the, the, the case of, of null checks and having undefined values, this is something that you, that you happen to have in TypeScript all the time or in JavaScript all the time. Uh, and with this one little addition, like make sure you check for your knowledge values. And 
if you don't allow nullish values, they can't be null. This erases a whole class of errors that you would otherwise encounter. Um, and uh, this is also um, uh, one lesson in, in, in my book where I just talk about this one compiler flag, strict null checks, and what it means for your workflow and what you suddenly have to do. And at some point, you realize, okay, it's it's much more tedious to add pipe null to every possible case where it could be null instead of just for one one time in, in one place of your code, check if it's actually null and then just continue with <laughs> with what you did. So um, that's a very nice way of, of, of working uh, uh, with null and undefined values. A, a lot of sort of more formal languages, OO type languages have uh, classes and, and give you the ability to define a class interface to be able to say if, it, if it's a class that uses this interface, it needs to have these methods and, and needs to behave like this. Is that something that TypeScript gives us? Yeah, absolutely. So this is um, this is very much um, related to the history of TypeScript. Um, TypeScript, when it, when it got first released, um, you know, it was eight years ago. We, we weren't talking about ECMAScript 6 there. We weren't talking about, about native ECMAScript classes. Uh, we uh, spoke mostly about objects and, and functions. Um, there was a new module system, so it, it was a very different kind of JavaScript eight years ago than, than we had today. And eight years ago, the TypeScript team introduced lots of features from other programming languages like Java, C Sharp, like classes, interfaces, abstract classes, namespaces, to create some sort of structural um, or, or, or structured uh, programming tools that make it possible for you to... to uh, um, lay out your code entirely different than you than you're used to, but over the years, lots of those concepts found their way into JavaScript, especially classes. So they had to revisit lots of that of that concept um, again, and um, made it much much more aligned to the way JavaScript is right now. So you still have classes, you still have interfaces, but uh, TypeScript classes are just the same as JavaScript classes, and TypeScript interfaces are like compound type or composite types, where you have, you know, uh, just a list of properties that can be function properties or, or string properties or, or nested object properties, and interfaces and uh, uh, type declarations are, in the most part, just the same. You also can implement, you know, the implements keyword exists, you can implement an interface, you can implement the type, um, they are in, just in, in, in some some rare cases, expect of some rare cases, they are totally the same. So um, yes, they exist, but they mean something different than you are used to from, from other programming languages. And this is also something where I'd say um, people who come from other programming languages have to look out for things like that because... Uh, they can be false friends, you know, where you where you think, okay, oh, this just works like in Java, or this just works like in C Sharp, where in turn it's just borrowed language or just the same names uh, uh, for concepts that are nuanced and somewhat different uh, to what you would expect. It can be a real sort of mental um, hurdle to jump over, isn't it? If you absolutely, if you're familiar with with a name meaning one sort of thing, and now it means something else, yeah, it could be quite difficult to reset how you think about those things. So it sounds like TypeScript has some some sort of really advanced features that help us who are working really hard in JavaScript all day. Is is it just for super nerds, or <laughs> can can people who who are less familiar with JavaScript is it useful for for the more the beginner or the intermediate as well? Um, yeah, I, I I'd say both. So so one of the the nice things about TypeScript is that um, it's gradual. So you you just use as much of TypeScript as you want to use. So if you learn JavaScript, you get some additional tooling that gently tells you, hey, there might be some 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 properties that you want to to select. Like if you if you call document dot query selector, it already tells you, you know, query selector exists, and it gives you some hint on on what to expect as a as an argument um, without throwing a single error uh, and without you needing to do anything with, you know, those red squiggly lines that you get, get in your editor. Uh, and for that already, TypeScript can do uh, a lot of things. So so this, this this basic tooling aspect of it can help beginners just as much uh, um, as, as 
people who are more familiar with JavaScript and, and have written JavaScript for, for a very, very long time. Um, but as you progress, you can, you can bind into more and more and more concepts as long as it's, it's reasonable for you to do. So I'm, I'm always a strong proponent of not having to use every feature a programming language gives you, <laughs> uh, uh, but just the features that you actually need. And TypeScript is perfect for that because it has a ton of features, you know, from the history that we spoke about, where I tried to, to, to um, introduce concepts that haven't been in JavaScript. Uh, and now from all those, those concepts that try to make the most sense out of all the JavaScript code that there is outside, you can take whatever you need and whatever you like from that. And this is, I guess what makes TypeScript so so special. When I started working with TypeScript, like seriously working with TypeScript, um, the, the things that did most was like um, having a React component and being super happy that if I press a, a control space that I get all the names of the properties my, my function component would expect. So this alone helped me a lot and I did nothing else but, but using this feature for a very, very, very long time. Um, and then I started, you know, um, in, in some some... Uh, sort of library code that I created for for my colleagues or for people who are who I work with, um, creating um, a type corset around my function. So people who use my code know better what I meant when 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 I wrote those particular functions. Um, and there I go all in. There I'm, I'm very deep deep down the type system rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. In the in the last uh, episode of this podcast, I talked to Natalia from uh, Vue.js mm -hmm. all about Vue three, and one of the big changes they'd made in Vue three was that it was rewritten using TypeScript. How important is it for libraries and frameworks to adopt TypeScript? What what benefit is actually providing those who are working with the library and not on the library code itself? So um, I think for one part, you get a lot of implicit documentation. Um, Especially, you know, if you import Vue or React, um, yeah, React is, is kind of a mixed bag. But if you import Vue or Preact, for that matter, Preact is also written in uh, in TypeScript. Um, people who use your framework immediately have some information about all the functions and all the objects that, that they get, without you needing to look up anything. And you get some extra extra checks if what you're doing is the right thing to do. So there's a lot of of implicit documentation for. Uh, for all the users of those libraries uh, um, that you get basically for free if you start writing in TypeScript anyway. So, so every project that is written in TypeScript gets produces all this extra information uh, for free. Um, I guess as a as a team, um, as a as a library author, it makes contributions a lot lot easier uh, for the same documenting re reasons. Um, it also makes makes uh, checks a lot lot easier because there's a whole a class of errors that you can catch in a type system that you that would take ages to catch in tests. That's why no, nobody writes tests for that, especially if you know this is of a certain type um, kind of tests. Um, and yeah, and then you, you of course get all the benefits that you would get if you use TypeScript in any other project, uh, um, catching errors before they happen. Um, and one thing that I have to 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 mention here is especially Preact because Preact tries to do. Uh, um, that kind of thing where they write JavaScript code and add additional types on the side, which gives them the low area, uh, low barrier of uh, um, entry for people who want to contribute because they don't have to figure out what how the type system works or how uh, how TypeScript works because they just write JavaScript code. But they, as library authors, get the additional benefits of having type checks of seeing if if this works the way it is intended. And I, I think this is for for lots of projects, especially open source projects, really the best way to go. So uh, I, I strongly uh, um, well, I strongly advocate for the idea of having JavaScript with types on the sites because uh, it, it can help people so, so much for basically not a lot of, of investment on your side. Increasingly, uh, we're seeing sort of whole organizations moving to JavaScript as their sort of language of choice, both in the, the front end, um, where it's uh, an obvious choice, but uh, in the back end of, of their products and systems. Um, would you consider TypeScript something that sort of larger, larger teams and larger organizations would really benefit from more than individuals? So, so I'm, I'm currently in the same transition. 
so we have uh, lots of, of, of Java and C++ developers who are going to write a lot of JavaScript in the future. Um, and, you know, um, TypeScript can be some, some sort of guide for those uh, um, scary areas of a new programming language. T uh, JavaScript has... Uh, a lot of quirks, uh, a lot of history, and a lot of prejudices. If if you come from from a different programming language to it, so TypeScript can be a guide because there are some concepts that you are familiar with it in the type system. Um, but also, I think especially when you have lots of people working in the same code base or lots of people who need to work with each other, um, this can be an additional layer of 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 guidance in your project where you don't have any bad surprises in the end. So, um, of course, technology doesn't, doesn't solve any communication problems. This, this is not, not what TypeScript is intended for, but it can, it can lower, uh, or it can, it can make a lot more room for the right discussions then. If you don't have to, to, to talk about what do you expect from me in your code, but rather what should your code do or what should your library do? Um, and, I always say that if, if you ever write code for other people or if you if you write code with lots of people or if you just write code for yourself that you have to revisit the next day, consider TypeScript because it might help you in the long run. And this is not just an investment for, you know, the, the next project of the next week, but more for one where I say, okay, especially if you have long-lasting projects for a month, two, or years, definitely go for that. You you never You're never going to know what you've been thinking of when you wrote that little piece of code one year ago. Uh, but types can give you a hint of what you meant. One thing I think that stopped me looking too closely at TypeScript in the past is I sort of remember things like CoffeeScript mm -hmm. that were a sort of a new syntax that, that sort of transpired down. And I kind of thought that TypeScript was another one of those. But it, it's really not, is it? It's it's plain JavaScript with some extra things laid on top. Yeah, so this this is something that the team also strengthens a lot. It's fundamentally not a new language. So um, it it could look like that if you if you look at examples from from you know eighty years ago. This was also a part just like just like you drew. I was avoiding TypeScript for such a long time, firstly because of CoffeeScript, second because of tons of JavaScript developers telling me that this is Java for, uh, uh, um, or this is JavaScript for Java developers. Like now finally I get all those tools that I know from years and years of writing Java and I don't want to change the ways I write. I just want to have the same tools but running in a different environment. And uh, this, you know, this scared me and I... I I didn't want to have to do anything with it. And it took me, I guess, about six years or so until I, I tried it again, uh, especially after watching some, some videos of, of TypeScript's uh, creator, Anders Heilsberg, who spoke exclusively about the tooling aspects and about this is JavaScript. So I, I met him twice in, in, um, in Seattle. And when he were in, in those interview sessions where, where we all were, um, he said from himself that he was writing JavaScript for the better part of the last decade. And um, if, if the creator of TypeScript has, has this idea that he's writing JavaScript, but just, you know, with these extra, extra type annotations, this takes the whole language and the whole uh, uh, tool into a totally different light. Um, and that's why they're stretching the fact so much that everything that you have especially if it's a new language feature. This is JavaScript. So they're very closely aligned to the ECMAScript standard. Um, they're also championing a couple, of, a couple of proposals in the ECMAScript standard. They are involved. They know what's happening. And if there's a new feature that reaches a certain stage, uh, um, they're adopting it in TypeScript. But they're not creating any new language features on their own. Where they innovate is in the type system. And you can really separate the type system from the actual JavaScript code. Um, of course, there's some, some, uh, um, you know, some, some mingling of, of JavaScript code and TypeScript, especially when you do type annotations. Um, but other than that, it's JavaScript with benefits. And, and those benefits are what make, makes it worth, in my opinion. And I, I guess we could go through all sorts of, uh, of those benefits, all the sorts of features that are in TypeScript. We could go through them blow by blow, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to do that in a podcast. It's difficult to describe code, isn't it? Oh, you can write an entire book about that. So it's <laughs> are, there, are there any particular features of, of TypeScript that you're most excited about or think provide the most value to, to users? Uh, I guess 
one of the the features from the type system that I like like most, uh, um, which is again uh, advanced but not super advanced, so that that it's easily graspable, are a union intersection types, um, where you can say, okay, this this argument or this variable can be not only of this type but also of another type, or it needs to have features from this type and this other type. Um, and if you uh, um, once you realize that you can make make use of that you suddenly can model your application a lot, lot better. So um, I, I adopted a workflow where I try to think about the objects and the functions that I have, like like what do they expect, what are, what is the data, uh, how are the properties designed, and then I try to to work with them as much within within functions. And if you use union intersection types, uh, you can you have so many tools of modeling your data. Um, that if you if you spend a little time doing that, you catch a ton of errors and a ton of problems upfront without spending too much time into into uh, in in TypeScript land. And uh, that's why I guess they they would be my most favorite feature. And also the fact that um, TypeScript transpiles everything. I don't need any Babel or any other transpiler. And I'm you know I'm I'm pretty tired of having too many tools uh, uh, that I need to to use. So if I just can rely on one tool and maybe another one for for bundling. Um, that that uh, takes a lot of um, a lot of noise off my mind. So um, that's what I'm also very thankful for. It can just do a lot. You've um, you've written about what it can do in in a new book for Smashing. Uh, loads of great information for people who are wanting to learn TypeScript. So uh, you know what sort of developer is is the book aimed at? Yeah. So um, if you if you uh, read TypeScript in 50 lessons, we assume that you are already a JavaScript developer. You don't have to be a seasoned JavaScript developer. So just just enough, you know, that you you've written applications with it. You know some quirks. Uh, you know what an object is. You know what an array is. You know what a function is. You know what an assignment is. So so stuff like that. Um, and we we take we take you from there from from just enough JavaScript that you know how to be dangerous. Um, and guide you through through the type system layer. So um, you could write books about TypeScript where you just speak about every feature that there is and, and explain it just a little and let the reader figure out what uh, what to do with it. And we take a totally different approach. We focus on one particular part, which is the type system. We leave out a lot of other things that, yeah, neither the team nor nor uh, um, seasoned TypeScript developers would recommend that you do. Um, and focus just on the part that is long-lasting. So this was one thing that um, I really cared about when writing this book, that um, once it's out, it should have some relevance in, in, in years to come. Um, especially with TypeScript getting four releases a year, you never know all the features and you can't express all the features. But you can express or explain how the type system works. And from that on, you figure out the things on your own. And this is what we do. So we give a very in-depth introduction into the type system. First, in the first few chapters, we, we guide you to, um, to the point where, okay, yeah, now you know how to assign types. Now, now you know how to work with types. Then there's this watershed chapter where we go into union intersection types. And from that on, you learn about type modeling and about moving in the types system. Um, and after you, after you, uh, read, the last three chapters, so it's seven chapters in total, um, you should know everything to be prepared for every future TypeScript release that there is and for every new class of types they introduce and for every new class of errors they try to solve. Um, and uh, it took me quite a while to write this book, to be honest. Uh, so so me knowing that I didn't have to change uh, the table of contents and I didn't have to introduce any new concepts over the last one and a half years, <laughs> to me, is proof enough that we succeeded in that. So uh, uh, maybe we snuck in one or two features from TypeScript 4.0, but but um, not all. So so all all the learnings that you have are still valid, even though we we uh, I, I designed them one and a half years ago. Um, so yeah, this is this is the main goal of the book, and and um, it's. It's kind of what what we say in the in the tagline. We want to take you from a beginner to a, to to an expert, um, and I hope we succeed with that. Yeah. I I certainly found reading the book that because it's broken down in you know it's fifty lessons, so it's mm -hmm. um, all in sort of fairly bite sized chunks. And I found that uh, I was able to start using 
all of that, you know, straight away. You'd read about something and then you could start using it. It's not one of those books where you have to, you know, make it all the way through to the end before you can start yep, being yep. productive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very easy to just sort of drop in and, and drop out of, which with many of us being so so busy and under so much pressure in our jobs and things at the moment, yep, yep. It, it, it's great just to be able to, you know, read a little bit and then forget about it for a while and then come back and read a little bit more. Yeah, this is this is also something that we uh, that we take a lot of care uh, or that we, that we really cared about um, to achieve. Um, it can be really overwhelming to learn a new language, uh, uh, especially a new programming language. And so, so those bite-sized chunks, you know, you, you just spend about five or maybe ten minutes with one of those lessons. And you can immediately apply um, uh, uh, the learnings of this lesson to some actual code. And then we provide you with all the code examples uh, um, online. So if you go to typescript-book.com, you see a list of all the code examples that there are. And um, this helps you just getting in as much as you need and as much as you like. And it gives you also a lot of room to breathe and to, to you know, take a break and to get your mind off of it and then revisit back later. This is also why we added some, some interludes in between chapters, which are mostly non-technical. They, they give you a little bit of TypeScript culture, a little bit of, of um, um, ideas how the TypeScript team thinks, how the community thinks, and um, um, how writing good TypeScript code can be, you know, without actually focusing on, on, on the coding aspects. And we also added those to, to give you a little break, a little room to breathe, to digest what you just learned, um, because we know that that this can be a lot of stuff. Uh, and yeah, so uh, if you if you just take one lesson a day, you are through with it in 50 days and are an expert in TypeScript. So. I often find that when I'm uh, writing about something, Uh, either you know putting together a presentation or uh, an article or something like that i find that i learn new things that i didn't appreciate before because in having to explain something you have to make sure you really understand all the details was there anything that you found about typescript in writing the book that that you that you realized you were learning for the first time yes um there were two two kind of things that that uh that I learned while writing the book uh, that that really surprised me. Um, and, and one thing is um, how um, the, the type, definition, type definitions TypeScript brings along are structured and created and declared. So they have, they have written a parser that goes over all the web standards uh, uh, on W3C and there's this web interface definition language. Uh, which is um, its own language created by the by W3C to declare JavaScript interfaces and to take these code snippets, refactor them into into TypeScript types, uh, um, and then have have some way of you know um, structuring them to to be valid from ECMAScript 5 standards up to ECMAScript 2020 2021 standards. And if you if you browse through those auto-generated file and read how good they are and how well documented they are and uh, um, how how they structure types that so you can learn a lot. So this was one thing where I kind of kind of lost track at some point while writing it because I was just spending two or three days within in those lib.d.ts files and soaking up everything uh, uh, that they created. I even have one lesson dedicated to, to lib.d.ts because it was so so surprising. Um, and the other thing is, I guess, realizing how generics and conditional types really work under the hood. Because uh, when you apply them and you work with them, you just use them as much so you get the right results, but you never never question what's actually making them work. And by explaining them in chapters five and six in my book, um, I really found out, oh, there, there are very delicate mechanics underneath. And if you if you understand those mechanics... It gets a lot, lot easier creating conditional types, creating generic types, um, than it would be without, you know, just by you know trying to f to figure out things. That's why I also have some some uh, flows of code in my book where we start with the conditional type that we write, and then we go step by step evaluating what it means until we get to the result type. And this is something where uh, where I found some joy in it because uh, it really made me understand. <laughs> what my book should be actually about <laughs> uh, uh, that I spent a lot of time and, and cared a lot about getting those examples right. So I hope readers will, will find the same joy out of it because it can be very, very interesting. And yeah, it gets a little bit nerdy, but uh, that's, you know, that's part of the fun. <laughs> 
for anyone wanting to actually get started with JavaScript, it sounds like your book is a really great place to begin. Are there any other resources that you'd recommend? So um, one thing uh, that I also mentioned very early in the book is the TypeScript Playground. So TypeScript offers an interactive uh, uh, editor online with lots and lots and lots of examples to, to give you a good feeling of how it is to work with TypeScript, how uh, TypeScript in the JavaScript-only scenario uh, looks like and works like or which language features that there are and what they mean for your types and um, especially in, in, in the recent year uh, uh, the TypeScript team hired a person, author um, just to work on documentation and playground and the website and all those learning resources and you could can see that the process immensely so, so uh, he spent so much time into refactoring every and piece of the whole website that it's now a great learning resource um, and um, Ort is also has also written the, the forward to my book and we were uh, um, chatting about uh, how, how a book on TypeScript can or should be different compared to what, what uh, they provide as a learning resource and I think they, they work really well together. Uh, um, the, the, the book gives you a, a very tailored and opinionated view and the, uh, a learning resource that guides you step by step Uh, whereas the handbook is this big knowledge base where you get all the additional information and can dig deep into into one specific scenario um, that wouldn't have enough room in a book. Stefan's book, TypeScript in 50 Lessons, is available digitally from Smashing right now, and it'll be available in print from November 2020. You can find it at typescript-book.com. So I've been learning all about TypeScript, What have you been learning about lately, Stefan? I'm digging into different programming languages again. <laughs> I've been learning a little bit of Go and a little bit of Rust um, and uh, what scenarios there are for, for using them. And, you know, it's, it's fun uh, uh, learning something entirely new. It gives you uh, um, a new perspective on what you already learned so far. So this is what I enjoy a lot at the moment. It's always exciting, isn't it? Learning a, a new language and, and getting a new perspective on, on how other languages are structured. Absolutely. If you, dear listener, would like to hear more from Stefan, you can follow him on Twitter, where he's DDPRRT. <laughs> and you can find his personal site at fetblog.eu. TypeScript in 50 Lessons is available now from Smashing, and you can read all about it at typescript-book.com. Thanks for joining us today, Stefan. Do you have any parting words? Thank you very much. No, um, well, DDPRRT is the worst Twitter handle in the entire world. <laughs> And if you say it very fast, it's dead parrot. Ah. And if you know Monty Python, you might know about the dead parrot. So uh, that's all I can say about the worst Twitter handle <laughs> that there is. He's pining for the fjords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, but, but seriously, I, I hope people enjoy working with TypeScript. I hope they enjoy my book. I'm really, really excited about feedback. So if you have any feedback, hit me up on Twitter. I'm, I'm here to, to, to chat with you about all that stuff. And I'm also very happy um, to work with you on type problems. So if you, if you have something that you can't quite make sense out of it, just drop me a line or a Twitter uh, direct message. I really take the time to see if, if you can solve the problem. This is smashing and that was our podcast thank you very much for listening and if you liked it please share it with your friends find us on the web at smashingmagazine.com on twitter at smashingmag smashingmagazine on facebook or in the supermarket by the cat food Ooh.